Today, in celebration of the 50th anniversary of Title IX, the landmark civil rights law that has opened doors for generations of women and girls, the Department of Education decided we're just going to blow the whole thing up and just do something totally different. We'll explain on this edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. And welcome into this special edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. Justin Hall, Dave Wilson here with you. We'll get to what the Department of Education and the Justice Department and the executive branch within the president's office is doing. To the laundry list just keeps getting longer. Uh, Title IX is under attack for sure. So before we get to that, though, we want to thank you. If you joined us at the State House on Monday to pray for the representatives that are now currently debating House Bill 5399, thank you for joining us and praying for those representatives because, Dave, it's an important issue. Uh, we're going to be talking about this at length. We have already have. Uh, we won't talk about it today, but but – to lead off with prayer is probably the most important way to attack this debate. It is because there are going to be plenty of people, Justin, who are going to be down at the state house. The pro-choice um, groups are going to be there in mass. As a matter of fact, they've reserved almost every public space at the state house yeah. to be able to protest and to be able to hold press conferences and do all that they can to try to sway members of the House of Representatives to making fifty-three ninety-nine an impossibility. Yep. I really don't think that's the case. If you did not get the full rundown on what 5399 is, go back to the previous podcast yep, on Friday and listen to that. It's You may want to get out your notebook and a pen and start writing some things down because it's going to be really important for you to understand what's included and not included. And not, we're not going to spend more time on that today. You can go back and listen to that podcast in full. It has all the information that you need. Right. But today's important thing is this. It's interesting when we talk about women's issues, when we talk about things like Title IX and the guarantees that that gives to women for certain rights and privileges and it's to not allow for sex discrimination. Right. It is 50 years ago that this Title IX was passed. And yet today we are finding out that the Department of Education is going to be having a, an open period. They're in the open period right now until September the 13th, taking comments <clears throat> on new regulations and new changes that will change Title IX from simply being about sex to sexual orientation. So when Justin was reading to you at the beginning of the show and talking about the fact that this has been landmark civil rights legislation that opened up doors for generations of women and girls, that is out the door now with the way this new legislation is written. But more importantly, it comes after your parental rights. On page 176, 177, in the long thing of regulations, is a simple Latin phrase, and we're going to get to that in just a few minutes, and how that can impact you as a parent and the government takeover of your parental rights. The Biden-Harris administration is just having a golly gee old time uh, with this. That press release, by the way, was put out on June the 23rd of 2022. So I, that so with that in mind, we know that changes are coming to Title IX, proposed changes. Before we get to that, let's kind of set the stage for you here into kind <clears throat> of what we're talking about. Let's go to, right, uh, we're actually, I guess, the University of South Carolina, <laughs> we're kind of sitting in it. It's the city of Columbia, right? Kind of, sort of. I mean, they, they do kind of overlap a lot. A proud, <clears throat> I'm a proud alumnus. As am I. Of the university. Yes. 
Um, they got a lot of my money back in the day. This from the state newspaper in June. Again, this is a little dated information, but it's important that we bring it back up. Just in time for Pride Month. Oh, that was. That Just was back in June. Just in time. Right, right as that was starting at... Just in time, the University of South Carolina will allow students and employees to change their preferred personal pronouns in their official personal data. The policy change, effective Tuesday, June 1st, applies to all campuses and will allow students to change their names, their preferred last or first names, once every 365 days. Oh, but so if I make that change, I have to wait 365 more days to change my... My seems pronouns, if I don't feel that I need to have the ones that I have currently. It seems a bit bigoted. Uh, according to this article... They're, they're being so harsh on that. According to this article, USC is one of 13 Southeastern Conference schools, so I want to find out who the one is. I'm <laughs> betting it's Arkansas, uh, plus cross-state rival Clemson. So South Carolina and one of 13 plus Clemson are all allowing students and faculty to change their preferred name. Students will be able to change their pronoun. And, and changing your preferred name, I don't really have a problem with because you might get married, you might get divorced, this or that and the other. You might want to just change your name. You have the legal opportunity to yeah. change your name. You have a nickname. I mean, some people, you know, go by different names. And the ones that's given on your birth record yeah. that your parents named you as your, your given name. Your Government, government name. name. Students will also be able to choose the pronouns. Okay, here are your pronouns. Okay, ready? He, him, his. Okay. She, her, hers. They, them, theirs. And Z, zir, zers. <laughs> I'm sorry. What was, that? what was that last one? Z, zir, zers. Z, zir. Is that, with a Z? is that with a Z or with an X? It's with a Z. Because I'm hearing the new thing is that the whole, you got to put the X thing on there. She? And others, weird. I gotta be careful, we're gonna get booted. Uh, and others, according to the press release. Right. And this can be done by logging into your account, myaccount.sc.edu. Sasha Sawyer, a transgender USC senior studying chemistry, who uses they them pronouns, says this is a step forward for USC. Our ability to express our preferred pronouns in any, any context is a good thing. Perhaps the most important part of the system will be how the information is used, Sawyer said. Will it be used to make all of these teachers understand, how, hey, this is how I want to be referred to, or will it just be stuck away in some database? Well, it's really interesting because there are a lot of places where this sort of databasing of information is out there. As a matter of fact, the National Federation of Teachers came up with a lesson plan that they, oh, sorry, the American Federation of Teachers came up with a lesson plan at sharemylessons.com where they basically were what would be considered to be like your pronoun card for kids. And part of that lesson is for kids in elementary, middle, and high school to be able to have a lesson on their own pronouns with questions. Instead of marking yourself as male, female, you can you have to mark yourself he, his, she, her, they, them. Or Zers. Or Z. Or Z. I'm still not on the Zers yet. I'm trying. Zers. Zers. We're not... The pro- sorry, the pronoun card. The students can indicate yes or no on these four questions because the, the questions are important. This is for the, the student to the teacher. The teacher says, may I use these pronouns in front of the class? May I use these pronouns when I contact home? May I use these pronouns in front of other teachers? Would you like to follow up with me about your names or pronouns? 
feels groomy. Um, May, okay, the part Randy Randy Weingarten, by the way, <laughs> is the is the uh, director. She's the president of the American Federation of Teachers. You might remember Randy Weingarten. How would we remember Randy? She we didn't want your kids to go to school. Really? She didn't want your kids in class. Why not? She wanted your kids at home. Oh, uh, because uh, apparently uh, people were dying or something. I don't know. But anyway, was she the COVID freak? I'm sorry, the COVID. Uh, 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 um, she was she was for increased. Uh, I, I guess as as Doctor Fauci increased would put online it, access of as, students' classrooms. Doctor Fauci said it was mitigation. It wasn't lockdowns. It was mitigation. He wanted to uh, lock down America. No, it was mitigation. You should go back and listen to to Ben Shapiro from this past week. I mean, he basically he pulled out what what Fauci actually said. Where Fauci actually was like, you know, I'm going to have to go against the president on this. I think we should shut down America. It was mitigation. It was uh, mitigating So not only something. is the American yes. Federation of Teachers doing this, but there is a middle school teacher. This is in March of this year. Okay. A middle school teacher in Kansas City. Uh, a middle school teacher was suspended for not referring to a student by their preferred name. And pronouns has now filed suit against her Kansas school district, Pamela Reichard, a teacher since 2005. It, yes. Currently employed at Fort Riley Middle School, says referring to a student by anything other than their biological sex violates her religious beliefs. Okay. She received a three-day suspension during the spring 2021 semester when she would not when she would only address her particular student by that student's legal and enrolled last name and not his preferred name or the he him pronouns that he uses. Just forewarning you it's a girl that wants to be called a boy. Uh, the lawsuit was war- the teacher was warned that any additional misgendering or calling any student by a name they do not go by will lead to further disciplinary action. The lawsuit was filed Monday, March seventh, in the U.S. District Court for the District of Kansas. Um, again, this also you have the Florida Parental Bill of Rights. Right. I'm not going to call it the other ridiculous name. You, you mean have, how they love to to call it the, the mm, don't say mm, gay bill because yeah. that's what liberals love to do. It's kind of like is, is it kind of like the Inflation Reduction Act that really has nothing to do with reducing inflation, but doing really a whole new thing on the environment. Yes. Okay. Just wanted to make sure that we the, had that one correct. So we have yes. all of that, and at the same time, we have in March of 2021 this from the preamble of the U.S. Department of Education's um, the new syllabus. regulation. Yeah, the new regulation. Okay. In March 2021, President Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Full name. They gave the R period, but his middle name is Robinette. Issued the executive order on guaranteeing an educational environment free from discrimination on the basis of sex, including sexual orientation or gender identity. And directed the Secretary of Education okay. in <clears throat> consultation with the Attorney General Ooh, okay. to review all existing regulations, orders, guidance, documents, policies, and any other similar agency actions for consistency with Title IX and other governing laws. What, I thought Title IX was specifically about women and girls. It is, but they've added the language of sexual orientation and gender identity, which are not listed in the original Title IX. Okay. So the original Title IX does not have sexual orientation and gender identity, Correct. but now they want to change Title IX so that a biological male who identifies as a female gets the same rights as a female who identifies as a female. But not only that, okay. because if we go to, as Dave mentioned, page 177 of the document. And we will provide a link to you because there are action steps that follow from this. If you don't have a pen and paper out, get it now. The department, being the Department of Education, agrees with the view expressed in the preamble to the 2020 amendments that, quote, 
employees at elementary and secondary schools stand in a unique position with respect to students. In addition, as explained in the preamble to the 2020 amendments, quote, elementary and secondary schools generally operate under the doctrine of in loco parente. Huh, this is loco. Under it which is. the school stands, quote, in the place of a parent with respect to certain authority over and responsibility for its students and, quote, employees at elementary and secondary schools typically are mandatory reporters of child abuse under state laws for purposes of child protective services. That is true. Typically, teachers are the ones who report. That is true. However, this first quote that I give you appears to be a bit problematic, and here's why. If this language is adopted as an amendment to the amendment and they put this into the new statute, this, for lack of a better term, codifies the idea that – and again, I want to preface this. Not all teachers are bad. Not all schools are bad. Please understand. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is at a federal level, this establishes a federal mandate that says teachers have more responsibility for the student, and the teacher supersedes you as a parent. They are in place of the parent. We had a person a couple months ago say that kids should be wards of the state. (laughs) Hello, here we are. Well, it goes back to what you saw from the National Federation of Teachers. I want to read these four questions to you one more time. We're going to put them up on the screen because it's important for you to see the types of questions that are being asked of your students that the National Federation of Teachers wants to put up there. One, may I use these pronouns in front of the class? Okay, I can get that part because you're actually in in communication with the 20-something kids that are in your classroom. Okay, that's one thing. May I use these pronouns when I contact home? Seems odd. Why wouldn't you be able to do that when they're at home? That's a that's a really great question. May I use these pronouns in front of other teachers? That seems like a problem. The part that really starts to get me though is this one, and it's the one that's kind of the delving into some some outside of the normal scope of responsibilities of a teacher. Would you like to follow up with me about your names or pronouns? Because this is the part where I really do feel sometimes like and. and I'm going to use this term, and it has a lot of different meanings, but there's a lot of grooming that goes into this. And so when you take a look at the simple Latin phrase, in loco parentes, in place of or instead of the parent, when the school takes that responsibility and they can then supersede you, they can find out information about your children that you are unaware of. There's the phone call right there coming into the office to tell us all about this. That's the craziness of all yep. this. I feel like we're in a call-in show. <laughs> You're going to do – so you can go back to – we're going to put this on the screen. You're on, Now it's on the screen. So have I said that we're putting this on the screen? Yeah, okay. we're putting this on the screen for you. Here it is. First question. <clears throat> okay, three, two, one. First question, may I use these pronouns in front of the class? That kind of makes sense. You're with your, your peers, your colleagues – you know, these are fellow students. Okay. I guess. Second one, may I use these pronouns when I contact home? I mean, something different is happening at school than it's happening at home. And mom and dad may or may not be aware of it. There is a huge red flag right there. Yep. Number three, may I use these pronouns in front of other teachers? That's... Again, seems a bit weird. Yeah. The well, last one is this one. Would you like to follow up with me about your name or pronouns? Why do I have to follow up with you? I don't know. It sounds really creepy, and I don't want to get too deep into this, but sounds these are grooming creepy. techniques that are being used to tap into the, 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 
the openness that children might have with a person in authority Trust. to walk them down. Yeah, yeah, to walk them down a pathway that parents are unaware of. Yep. If you are allowing your school to have information about your student that you don't have access to, that's concerning. We heard word over the summer, especially during the LGBTQ month, there was a parent who had found information who works for a school district, had gone to pull up a student record, was logged in on the teacher's side instead of the parent's side. And she goes and she takes a look and, and there's a whole section right there of preferred pronouns. Goes back and looks on the parent's side. That whole section is not there. It is not listed on the parental side of the student record. That means that these teachers have information about your student that you are unaware of. How they want to choose to identify, that's an overstep of the whole concept of in loco parente. So when you go to page 177, buried deep into a regulation, you've got to start asking your question of how far are they willing to go? Not trying to wear tinfoil here, not trying to be conspiracy theorist, but when you have that type of concept and you have a National Teachers Federation who is trying its best to get your students talking about and thinking through the whole concept of personal pronouns, identifying themselves and their gender identity, you've got to start asking your question, are they stepping too far into my parental responsibilities? So here's what you can do. From now... Until September 13th, there's a public comment period. Uh, we'll provide the links to that here on this podcast. You can go to that, and you can provide public comment on why you disagree, or I guess if you're watching, you might agree with this. Uh, kudos to you for watching something. You probably disagree with everything else we say. That's true. Um, but it, it, either way, you can voice your public opinion. We encourage you to do that through Tuesday, September 13th. That is the final day for public comment on this because understand – this won't have an immediate impact. However, we're already feeling the impacts of this through the education system, and it will continue. And eventually, these children will become teenagers who will become adults who will then be allowed to vote and who will then run for office and who will then begin making decisions that affect the country. So understand we are building and they are trying to build a good foundation for the way they want the country to go. And that specifically has to start with the children. Because if you can get the children, you get the next generation. Right. And so that's what they're trying to do. Title IX regulations, an increase on Title IX protections to include uh, gender identity and sexual orientation, which, again, were not anywhere in the original Title IX language. And that just – it is a place right now where you as parents need to understand and why it's so important for us here at Palmetto Family – as we begin to look into what we're doing to gear up for 2023, as we look at gearing up for this election coming up, why it is so important for us to ensure that you are knowing what's going on and engaging on these issues. It's real important to know that these things are happening right now and for you to let your voice be heard. Because if your voice isn't heard, then the loud voices that are out there right now who are trying to indoctrinate, not educate, but indoctrinate your kids are going to have the upper hand. You have got to speak out. The links that are provided in the description of this podcast, whether you're watching us on Facebook or on YouTube or you're listening to us through the app or you're listening to us through your favorite uh, podcasting channel, it's important for you to get to the end of this podcast and click those links, 
read the information and get to that and be able to start making comments. They need to hear from you. This is not a, hey, we're done here. They have to require that level of public comment, and it does matter. It absolutely does. So be sure to do that. You can do that by clicking the links attached to this podcast. Again, as we mentioned right off the top, the House of Representatives is currently debating House Bill 5399. We'll have more on that debate, what that looked like today inside the House chamber. We'll be talking about that on the next edition of the podcast, so be sure to tune into that as we see the progress and the process of H5399 eventually becoming a passed bill and then signed into law by Governor Henry McMaster, which we can completely expect to happen absolutely uh, by the end of september or the beginning of october so again follow along with us subscribe to the podcast subscribe to our email newsletter you can do all of that go to palmettofamily.org do that there you can also invest in the work we're doing we encourage you to do all of these above also make sure to like share reshare post comment give us a rating give us a review I, I on the podcast <clears throat> it helps us continue to do the work on the podcast to let you know what's going and, on. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here to kind of toot our own horn, but I do want to talk about one thing with you. Um, since we started doing this podcast in August of last year. Yep, we're a year old. It has been amazing to watch the growth that's taken place. The things, the fact that you're listening, you're sharing. There are more people that listen to this podcast because it is the fastest growing conservative podcast in South Carolina. There are thousands of people who are listening to this podcast, and you are one of those. But the thing about it is this. On just this issue alone, you probably know five or ten other parents who need to know that this is going on, who need to step into and have these conversations. We're asking one thing. Share this. Because it's amazing to walk in and see the number of people who've downloaded this podcast, the number of listens that there's been, and it, that number just continues to keep growing, Justin. And I think that's because you fully understand how important this information is, what the issues are, why they matter, what the Bible says about them, and again, for today, what you can do about it. Because that's the important part of why we are here at Palmetto Family. We want to make sure that you're equipped to do the things to get engaged and get involved in what's going on not only in your local community but in your state and in this case in regards to the federal government these are things that you can do so make sure to click the link and get involved in that public comment period from now until september 13th for kevin Caiello, mitch prosser dave wilton i'm justin hall our entire team at palmetto family thanks you for watching the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of south carolina the palmetto family matters podcast